One of the best ways to keep up with church life is through the City Life app. The City Life app enables you to listen to messages from Sunday, explore the Bible while listening to messages, stay up to date with church life through our Connect section, and much more. Download the City Life app in the App Store or Google Play Store today. Welcome to the City Life Podcast. We're all about making Jesus known. We pray these messages will help equip you to become a follower of Jesus, who is empowered to influence and shape culture. Enjoy the message. I would like for you to take your notes, get out some notes, jot a few things down, because here, one of the reasons I say that is because if God's speaking to you, you want to write it down. I was in a class all day yesterday, and, and, I know that, and, and I knew that I wanted to remember some things, not just for the test, but I needed to remember them for practical reasons in life, and so I was taking notes, and, and, I, and because I just didn't want it to escape, and, and I know how I do sometimes. I, you, you're, you might be the same way. You're thinking, oh, that's good. I'm going to remember that. Oh, no, you probably won't. <laughs> yeah, that's why you write it down, and you make it specific so that it can actually be dynamic in your life. And so be, you know, be prepared to jot a few things down. Second thing is I'd love it if you'd get your Bibles or a Bible app uh, and, and follow along with the Scriptures today. I'm going to be reading in just a few minutes from the book of Proverbs, chapter number 31. That's the very last chapter in this book of Proverbs, written by several authors, primarily Solomon. But it, it's right smack dab in the middle of the Bible. So go ahead and pull that out and find that, Proverbs chapter 31. We're going to look at verse 10 in just a few minutes. Today my message is entitled Victorious Virtue, double V's, double V's, Victorious Virtue. Um, and and it's, it's kind of cool because virtue is really explained in this passage of Scripture that, uh, that I'm going to be sharing with you here in just a second. You're going to see what virtue really is. Um, and, and, and it's actually an amazing definition. Some of you aren't going to even, didn't even know this was in the Bible uh, when you actually really start looking at it and breaking it down. Uh, but today's Mother's Day, of course, and, and uh, Mother's Day is, Mother's Day is, is, a, is a wonderful day. Uh, for some people, it's a sad day. Uh, for some day it's, some people, it's bittersweet. Other people are just like, oh, you know, it doesn't even matter. And, and, and I know we all have a different perspective based upon life experiences and maybe even where you are in life. But, uh, but Mother's Day is more meaningful to me now than ever before. I never thought it would be that way. In fact, I always used to be mystified with, with uh, my parents talking about their moms. Um, I, was, I was even kind of, you know, like, they're, they're just so old. <laughs> you know, what, are they, what are they doing carrying? And, and, and I remember that. Uh, and even still to this day, my dad still talks about his mom who passed away when he was 15 years old. And all the events leading up to that and, and the struggles that he went through in his life because of basically helping his dad raise their large family out in the woods of North Carolina in the hills. Um, but I called my mother last night. I was uh, up here in the offices, and I was alone, and so nobody could hear me talk, and it was just kind of nice, and, and I, just, I just talked to mom. Uh, and, and I just, I, I wanted to give, get a little bit of a head start on Mother's Day because because uh, with Mother's Day for me, I'm just a little, you know, preoccupied with some other things. But, but I called her last night, and, and, uh, and 
she told me what the celebration was going to look like today, and she talked about how the whole family is coming together, and my parents live at a retirement center, and everyone's coming together, my brothers and my sister, and their, their siblings, and their, their kids, and so all these grandkids, all this huge crowd, she says like about 35 people are coming, and, uh, and they get a special room. She, my mom loves it when they get the special room at the retirement center, you know, really nice, and it is it's a very nice place, you know, there's a really nice room, they're going to serve them all uh, dinner today, and, and uh, lunch. And, and she said, we're also going to be celebrating your brother's birthday, which is today. It was one of my older brothers. He's 10 years older than me. And she says, I got him a cake, and he doesn't even know about it. And so I'm listening to all that, and then, then tears start to come to my eyes because I'm just thinking, man, you know, I'm kind of disappointed. Y- you know, I'm not disappointed that I'm here at all, at all. I'm, but, but there's this, so, so for me, it's kind of like bittersweet because I, I think one of the best ways I can celebrate Mother's Day is to be here with you. It really is. Honestly, yeah, on the other hand, I'm just like, I kind of want to be there. Without regret, though, I follow my calling in life, and and uh, and that means there are a few things that I don't get to do because of my calling, and, and that's okay. Um, you know, when I was 18, I I left home to attend college, and I never returned back home. And due to that fact, uh, and basically because I'm typically preaching on Sundays, I, I, again, like I tend to be very occupied on Sundays, and my parents don't live anywhere near me, well, not, not close enough, uh, I've not been able to spend a Mother's Day with my mom since 1984. And, but, but I've always found creative ways to honor my mother and my father. In fact, one of the cool things I'm going to do is, is uh, she doesn't even know it, but I called, talked to dad about it last night, is, is I'm going to sneak, away, sneak out there to West Texas, to Odessa, and, uh, and I don't know how you sneak, you just get in your car and you drive, but, but uh, I'm going to go out and drive, and I'm going to have, have, spend some time, I'm going to spend probably a good 24 hours with mom and dad, and, and surprise them, uh, you know, it won't necessarily be Mother's Day, the big event or whatever, but, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. Mom raised my four siblings, and uh, she somehow put up with me all those years. And so she deserves, she deserves a little bit of honor. She did put up with me. And they said, I was just different. I was out there, you know. And, 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 uh, and, I, I, and I guess I still am. I, I don't know, that, that, but that's okay. But you know what? Here's one thing I do know. In spite of all the, all the idiosyncrasies that moms have, I was going to say sometimes they have, but no, they, they actually do have <laughs> I love my mom dearly. I love mother. Um, she always wants to hear my sermons, but she can't because she hasn't yet figured out how to use her phone or her computer to listen to the messages, even though I've shown her multiple times. She just says, Tim, can't you just send me a tape? I'm like, Mom. And when they moved into the, their, their, their new places, and, and I'm setting the stereo up, and it has the cassette decks. I said, Mom, what tapes do you listen to? Oh, we have this whole box of them. Mom, those are from 30, 40 years ago. What are you doing? Uh, I, you got to love her. She still wants me to send her a tape. And like, like, how many of you guys have, like, a tape deck in your car, like a cassette? Nobody. Nobody has a cassette. See, I mean, how crazy is that? How many of you guys like have a cassette deck or something in your house? Uh, at least you have something in your house. Okay, a few of you. So, 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 that's that retro stuff. How often do you use it? Never. Okay. Yeah, but but uh, mom's not going to hear this message today. So I, it's not for her. It's, it's, it's for us. Um, but mom was the one who gave me a lot of wisdom. 
Uh, and, and so it was with a man of the Bible by the name of King Lemuel. Now, I wish I could tell you a little bit about him. We don't know much about him from history, except we know that he existed. And his mother, King Lemuel's mother, had, had, had recited to him some Hebrew poetry that she had created. And it was Hebrew poetry that was, that was very interest, intricately put together. And it's all recorded for us in Proverbs chapter 31. And, and it's really words of wisdom from a mom to a son. And it's really nice. Here, here's the cool thing is we actually get to be the audience. Uh, in, in fact, it, really, it speaks highly to people who, uh, men who want to be married, uh, men who want to be leaders, those types of things. The whole Proverbs 31 is very, very good, but it also speaks to ladies as well because it talks about this, uh, you know, wh- what it means to be virtuous, what it means to have virtue. And I think it's an amazing passage of Scripture. I remember breezing through it years ago and not really understanding what all the stuff meant until I learned how to, how to research it. And thought, oh man, this thing is rich. That lady was smart. See, my mom, had this, uh, my mom had this way of instilling wisdom in me. She didn't recite Hebrew poetry to me to remember it, but, but what she did is she insisted on cutting my hair. Um, you know, and, and we didn't even have a little plastic thing to put around you. It was a towel, <laughs> but, but whatever. It was, she would cut my hair, and, and, and we didn't have very much money anyway, so it made sense. And, and I remember the first time that I actually got a haircut that was not from my mom, and I was 18 years old, and my dad drug me to, like, a, a, a little hair, haircut place, and I remember having to pay five bucks for a haircut. I thought, that is crazy. I mean, that's like, that, that's five bucks for a haircut? That is insane, insane when mom can do it better and faster. But mom said, I'm done with him. I'm done. And so, so uh, but what she would do is she, is she would put me in the kitchen where she could sweep up the hair, and she would take her sweet time. Typically, she would cut my hair when the rest of the family wasn't around. I remember that. Very seldom was the rest of the family around when she'd cut my hair. And I think, I mean, now that I look back on it, I know it was also very strategic. She was, she was intentionally getting me under those scissors, and she would cut my hair ever so slowly. My back would ache. My body would be sore. I don't know. It, to me, it felt like hours. It was probably 20, 30 minutes. I don't know. But I would it'd be there forever, and she would talk to me. And I remember the conversation. She would talk to me about work ethic. Uh, she would talk to me about relationships about family, and it was always, you know, very, very much future-oriented. She talked to me about girls. She talked to me about leadership, and a lot more. And I had no choice but to sit there and take it, because she was halfway finished with my hair, and she had the scissors, and those scissors had a big point on them. Not that I was afraid of that, but you know what? A, it, was, it was a good, healthy fear. So I really listened up to mom. But mom, in, in, in many ways, was actually, she's, kind of, she's this woman of what I would call victorious virtue. It's my challenge for all of us today, ladies especially. And it's described in Proverbs chapter 31, and the portion where it starts talking about the woman of victorious virtue, it really starts out in verse 10. The first part is more about leadership. Verse 10 is where where King Lemuel's mother talks to him about this. And so, I want us to take a look at this in the scriptures, Proverbs 31, 10, about what it means to be a woman of victorious virtue. Now, it starts off this way, a wife of noble character, I'm going to give some commentary here because I want you to grasp this. 
I'll just, I'll just tell you right up front. A lot of people think that the scriptures or that Christianity or, or the Bible teaches that, that, uh, that a woman's place is to knead bread and, you know, and sweep the floor at home or something like that, which I think is, is just, is like, it's not even, that, that's ridiculous. Can I just say that? That's ridiculous. That's not in the Bible. You want to know what's in the Bible about how a woman should be? You ready to hear it? Because this actually makes all the people who bark about what the Bible says about women, it makes, it makes them have to shut up, all right? Let's take a look at it. It's beautiful. Because King Lemuel's mother saying, you know, this is the kind of, this is the kind of lady for you to find. He says a wife, she says, a wife of noble character. Now, the terminology noble character literally means victorious virtue, okay? So this is the heading here. A wife of victorious virtue, noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. She said her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good and not harm all the days of her life. Now, what does that mean? That means loyal to the marriage. You see that? Loyal to the marriage. That's a good thing, don't you think? Beautiful thing. And it goes on. Now, keep in mind, this is written. You, you, know, yeah, you, you have to go back in time. This is written in the ancient Middle East. And so, so you're going to hear things that, that are not necessarily the tools of our trade today, but, but the, the concepts still come through. It says she selects wool and flax. Now, I don't know how many of you ladies select wool and flax very well, but, uh, but, uh, but I do know this. I do, I, you know, I do get flax seed, and, and we get flax seed at the house, and some of my clothes are made out of wool, but they come in the mail. All right, but it says she selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like merchant ships. Obviously, they were living on a coast somewhere. So you can see the big merchant ships coming in, bringing her food from afar. Imagine that. In other words, what this talks about is creative. Brilliantly creative. I'm sorry, but ladies like run circles around men in general when it comes to creativity. <laughs> I know, for me, that's definitely the case. Moving on, it says, she gets up while it is still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. What does that mean? Is that mean she is alert? A victorious virtue, a person is alert and they're proactive to the needs of others because they're actually looking out for the needs of other people. Then it goes on to say she considers a field, that means real estate, and buys it out of the earnings. And then she plants a, a vineyard. What this means is she gets real estate and small business. She has the, the ability to wisely select real estate and then build a business on the property that's going to produce profit. In other words, one of Victoria's virtue is, bottom line, is just wise in business affairs. Woman of Victoria's virtue, it says she sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. I mean, that's one of those things my mom even talked to me about. I saw her modeling this all the time, but that's work ethic. Is she, you know, a woman of Victoria's virtue is, is hardworking. It has a great work ethic. And then it goes on to says she sees that her trading is profitable. That's her business. 
and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grabs the spindle with her finger. So we already know she has a vineyard that she's growing. She has real estate. She's doing this vineyard. And she's also creating fabrics or something. You know, she has this other business over here. And because there's profit involved, you know, she sees that she's going to need to keep doing that. And so she, basically what this means is she uses the tools of her trade very, very well and wisely. Did you know that was in the Bible? That's Victoria's virtue in a woman. And then it also says she opens her arms to the poor and extends her hand to the needy. What that means is she's actively compassionate. Not just compassionate in her thoughts, but she's actively compassionate. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in Scarlet. In other words, she's future focused, and she's going to make sure that the people around her look good, and they're and they're they're you know they're going to put their best foot forward. I like that. There so many times my mom would say, "Go back to your room, change out of those clothes. <laughs> You're going to wear the polyester stuff I bought you." Some of you don't have a clue what polyester is. It, it, it was bad, but we thought it was cool, but it was bad. All right, permanent press. Oh my word! Don't even go to go back to those days. And then it says she made. She makes coverings for her bed and she is clothed in linen and purple. What does that mean? That just means a woman of victorious virtue is classy. And then it says her husband is respected at the city gates where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. In other words, this lady has the ability to choose a quality husband. Yeah. And then it goes on to say she makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. So she's actually in the wholesale business. Are you catching? She's in retail and wholesale. So she sells them out with retail and she also does wholesale business. Again, again for the third time, it talks about her ability to build a business. Then it says she's clothed with strength and dignity. Strength and dignity, and I love the 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 uh, the illustration here. She can laugh at the days to come. I mean, she's prepared for what life throws at her because she's tough. I think mean, one of the, one of the little kids on, on the Mother's Day video said, "You know what? You know what do you like about your mother? It's like she has muscles." It's like, "Oh, that's good. That, that's good." She speaks with wisdom. And faithful instruction is on her tongue. In other words, she uses the wisdom of God and gives it to others. It says she watches over the affairs of her household, does not eat the bread of idleness, which means she's active and she's not lazy on behalf of her family. She cares about her family. And then it says her children arise and call her blessed. And her husband also, he praises her. Here's what the husband says. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. In other words, a woman of noble character, the woman of virtuous, uh, uh, a victorious virtue. She's respected and loved by her family. And then there's this epitaph, this part at the very end. It's beautiful because it says charm is deceptive. That's what mama's telling the boy here. Charm is deceptive. Guys, charm is deceptive just in case you're looking, all right? And beauty is fleeting, all right? But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all her hands have done and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. At the city gate is where, where, the, uh, where, where the business takes place. Okay? So in other words, she's going to be praised in the home and plus in the center of the, the economic center at the, uh, at the city gate. Now, that's powerful. But at the same time, there's no woman, no wife, there's no mother that can bat a thousand on this. Okay? It's, it's not possible. 
That's why King Lemuel's mom says, who can find a woman like this? But this is it. But verse 30 actually tells us something interesting. It, says, it just says, to honor the woman who fears the Lord. I want to tell you guys, that's the crux of it right there. So I honor my wife, the mother of my children. I honor my mother also. These are women of victorious virtue. I have two women in my life. Mom, my wife, and that's it. I don't have any girls. We have two little dogs. They're girls, but, you know, it's like just, <laughs> somebody else takes care of those, you know. And I just want to say, though, to every woman in this room today, every lady, God desires all of you to be women of victorious virtue. Whether you're a mother or not, whether you're a wife or not, your identity is not in those roles anyway. We celebrate those roles, but your identity is not there. Ladies, you're not only gorgeous to God, but you are fearfully and you're wonderfully made. And you are also extremely valuable to God. And you have a powerful destiny ahead of you that only you can fulfill. I just want to remind you, again, you are a precious woman of God. You were never created to live, to live and to operate under the control of life's circumstances the tough stuff that happens in life. Yet on the other hand, you were actually created to overcome all of that in every aspect of your life. Victorious, well, what that actually means, victorious means is it means, it means having won. It means being successful, having a favorable outcome, undefeated, winning, the first, the champion, conquering. Those are usually words we think of like, yes, you know, some, some military hero or what. That's all, sir. Trace of a woman. Yes. And all those words that I just said apply to a woman who is in pursuit of Jesus. And here's the truth is, ladies, you may not feel victorious all the time, but victory is found in Jesus. And I want you to remember this, especially during the difficult times and seasons in your life. When you feel tired and when you feel vulnerable and when negative thoughts are threatening to capsize you, resist the negativity in your mind with the truth of God's word that you are victorious and cast it on God, just as we were doing in our worship and praise just a few moments ago. You see, it's about victorious virtue. It's not about victorious perfection. That's important. See, really that should be liberating to every lady who hears those words right now. In fact, the perfect mother doesn't exist. I mean, mothers, if you're a mother in here, hear me on this. Victorious virtue is a goal, not victorious perfection. So remove that from your mind because that'll be self-defeating. And if you're honoring your mother today, just do it with joy-filled heart. Just do it. <clears throat> One year ago, today, Rebecca was in New Braunfels, four hours south of here, um, <clears throat> spending her final Mother's Day with her own mom, her mother Olga. Uh, she slipped into the presence of God three days later, and she was surrounded by her family and we, as our family, especially Rebecca and me, we, we, we know this all too well because we're, we, we're walking through it, is that when your mother's gone, she's gone until eternity. The conversations and the celebrations cease. They do. The neat thing about that is in the end, Olga entered into eternity in a beautiful way with all of her family together in a spirit of unity, which really wasn't even happening very much in the family at that time.
siblings, I have permission from Rebecca to share this, but siblings were squabbling about things mom had said and didn't say or thought or didn't think, and all that just went away. Because all of those emotions that desired perfection from mom were no longer valid. Why? It's because even in that moment, I watched it happening because I was, she was down there for about a month and a half during those final days, but I was back and forth like every few days just watching it happen. And, and, and I, I, I could see this is that they were accepting the fact, the truth, that she was a woman of victorious virtue, imperfect in this world, yes, because she was human. She's made perfect in Jesus, basically. See, the thing is, she always brought about words of encouragement, regardless of what she herself was going through. Uh, one thing I know for certain is Olga was full of godly advice. She had a rich dedication to the scriptures. I mean, she, get, she got, she was real literal on a few things. I remember one time we were laughing about this, and it was so, so funny because she would find some stuff in the Old Testament, which, you know, we, we understand that's Old Testament law and, and, and whatever, but it was just, but I remember one time she was showing Preston, I think Devin, but showing them like tattoos, you can't have them because it says in the Old Testament you're not supposed to have that. Of course, they don't, they don't have any, but they're like, Grandma! <laughs> it's just, but she was so loved the Word of God, and I just, I just can't help but appreciate that. I, I, don't, I don't believe that. What? That was her last wish to him, yeah, that he, she wouldn't get a, he wouldn't get a tattoo. And that's okay. It, it, don't worry. It's, it's okay. Uh, it doesn't matter, but, but uh, she was hungry for the Word of God, and she was hungry to live what God was telling her to live. Um, with the loss of a mother, it actually causes holidays like today to be bittersweet for some of you for me too. Uh, some of you, on the other hand, you might be holding disdain or resentment toward your mother, uh, possibly for neglect, um, maybe for abuse, possibly even for hurtful words, whether they were intended or unintended. But today, you can draw a line in the sand, and you can choose to no longer be controlled by those past pains, because we, we all know ourselves that we're not perfect, nor will we ever be. See, victorious perfection isn't the goal for any of us, it's victorious virtue. When you're living basically in the love of Christ, then your value comes from Jesus. And then you can be a person of victorious virtue no matter who you are because you just simply live it out and you keep pointing people to Jesus. You keep making Jesus known. You make the love of God real through you because it's in you. Through you to your children. Through you to your mother through you to your spouse, through you to your family of friends that's surrounding you. That's love. But again, I, I know one of the biggest struggles we have is what is love anyway? And I talked a lot about it last week, but, but I want to go on to say this. It is a choice and it's not an emotion. See, love is, is, listen to this. Love is being able to know the imperfect and even the bad things about another person and choosing to love them in spite of it. That's love. See, love is knowing the imperfect and bad things about yourself and choosing to love yourself in spite of it. Love is simply letting God flow through you because he is love, and the ultimate love is seen here. Listen to this. God sees and knows all of the imperfect and the bad things about you that you know about also. And he chooses to love you in spite of it. My goodness. 
How crazy awesome. And in my opinion, way, way too much time is spent by people, people trying to find love. I'm searching for love. I've got to find love. I, I, I want to just say this. Stop your search for love. Stop searching for it. Because it's right in front of your eyes. It really, really is. See, love is here. Love is now. Love is a choice. But love is God. And love is God in us. And love is God flowing through us. And when you're filled with the love of God and it's flowing through you, people with love also are going to be attracted to that. You don't have to search for love because love is here. Love is now. Love is in you. Love is flowing through you. See, you can be the best lover ever if God's loving through you because you're a giver of love. You're a dispenser of hope. You're a perpetuator of the love of Jesus Christ. So stop searching for love and begin living love and watch what happens. See, victorious virtue is found when we really live out our love. But for some of you today, today might be a day where you actually need to make the choice to build a bridge of love back toward your mother. For some of you, that's hard. There may be broken relationship or fractured relationship there, and it just may not even be possible, but at least some gesture of love. One little plank on our bridge. Why? Because God's love abides in you. And really, you just can't help it. To the mothers in this room, keep loving. Let Jesus just ooze out of you, because that's the life of victorious virtue. And whether you saw it in your mother or not, you can even begin to pass along a new legacy in spite of what you saw modeled to you. You can do it to your own children now and in the future. Maybe you, you're not even able to have children or you have no children. And, and uh, it's like, well, I don't have any children, so I have to, no, this, this place is full of children. There are plenty, all right? That's why we encourage people, be involved. One of the best places to be involved is with our children and youth ministries so, so that we can be involved in these people's lives. Just keep loving them because a lot of them don't have anyone to model love for them. You know, in the final moments of Rebecca's mother's life, nothing mattered except the joy and the knowledge that she had lived her life to serve Jesus. And I'm just telling you, that was so, so, so very real. And none of the imperfection of Olga mattered anymore. It didn't. It didn't matter. And never had I nor Rebecca, and Rebecca said this as well. She just told me this just yesterday. She said, never had I seen more, mom more happy and content than her, in her final days and final hours. Mothers, hear me well. In spite of your imperfections, trust God, live for God, let God flow through you. And I'm telling you guys, that's not just for moms. It's for all of us. I like for there to be no movement at this time. Will you please close your eyes and just focus internally for just a moment? Maybe you're here today and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. Possibly you've drifted from your relationship with God and and if you want to know the Jesus that I'm talking about today, if you want a new beginning, if you want to feel and know the love of God so that you can begin to love yourself and love others instead of searching for love all the time, I'm going to give you simply an opportunity to respond by lifting your hand. When you lift your hand, you're using faith to respond outwardly to what you're feeling on the inside. Remember this, guys. Jesus loves you, and he loves you more than you can imagine or understand or comprehend. He does. And he died for you so that you could have life and have life to the full. And everything can change for you today. 
If you'd like to be included in this closing prayer and surrender your life completely to Jesus, at the count of three, I'm going to say, lift your hand. At the count of three, lift your hand, and that way my faith can connect with yours, and we're going to walk through into that next, next place because I want to pray with you guys. Would you do that? You're ready to make the declaration that you want Jesus. You're ready to live for him. Let's do it now. One, two, three. Lift your hand. Lift your hand. It's time for the love of God to swarm, just to, just to, 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 to drop all over you. Lift your hand for me. Let me connect my faith with you. Good, good. Thank you. Here's what I'd like for us to do. I'd like for us to stand. And, 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 and I would like for you, if you lifted your hand, I'd like for you along with everyone in this room, all the believers in this room, to pray these words with me with faith. Come on, pray these words with me, everyone in this room. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for my sin. I believe you're the Son of God. Please forgive my sins. It's time for me to live. So I give up my past, and I embrace the future that you have for me. Thank you for your amazing love. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from City Life Church. You can keep in touch with what is coming this season through social media and our City Life app. And Sunday, our favorite day of the week is on its way. We hope to see you at City Life. 